Happy New Year. Well, I'm like, what, two months too late for that? But this is the first episode of Table Talk in 2021. Welcome back. Thank you. As always, I know you could have really been doing anything else with your time, but you chose to either watch or listen to this on iTunes and Spotify and all the other platforms or whatever that we own. So welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Terrence Turner. Uh, today, for the first episode, I, I started noticing something too when we were on the break and everything because we've just been super, super busy. But I noticed that I've never had like a one-on-one with the opposite sex as well. You know, we had, you know, on the last episode, we had Casey and Courtney on. So, but I started thinking, I'm like, man, I, I got to do something about that. So my first guest is actually a woman. And she makes her, 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 her rounds, you know, in a sense. She's worked on several campaigns. She's a business owner. Um, she's a mommy, too, right? I'm a mom. She's a mom, too. So my first guest of 2021, I said, let me reach out to Ashley Rankins. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you were able to come on, pull up, you know, pull up to the table so we can have conversation about all things... Uh, relevant, we'll say. You know, I mean, we got politics, we got entertainment, things of that nature. I know, you know, you're into politics as well, too, because I've seen you in the field. So, first things first, I want to address um, how did you get into politics like that? Because I've seen you work on different campaigns. Well, I was actually kind of dragged into it. Um, dragged? Dragged into it, yeah. I went to volunteer and uh, I end up getting picked for like the campaign manager position. So after I d- became a campaign manager, just now which be- campaign was this? This was for Niles Hamer. He okay. ran for juvenile court judge. Mm-hmm. He was unsuccessful, but we ran a very great campaign. I saw y'all out there. Y'all were everywhere. I mean, we it, it everywhere. was a very effective campaign. You know, it did come up short, but. The experience is probably invaluable, correct? Yes, it has helped me with so many other ventures and so many other campaigns that I've worked on. Okay, okay. Now, you said you volunteered, but you got dragged in. Explain that to me because, you know, that that, that made my antennas go up a little bit. Yeah. How, how, how do you volunteer and then you next thing, you know, you get dragged? Does that speak to your intellect? It does. I, I see. See, because I just wanted to be here and there. And then when he seen what I was capable of, he was like, well, Ashley, uh, you know, if you're available to be the campaign manager, we need a campaign manager. And I was like, anything for you, Hamer. Anything for you, you know. That ain't how you said it. I, I assume you I were a little I bit did. more enthusiastic. Yeah, that's how I said it. That's I'm like, real laid back. I so, you, so you just dry like that, huh? I, yeah. <laughs> I mess with she. She doesn't have a dry personality. I'm just kind of teasing her right now. Yeah, he's so, on my top bag. <laughs> so you got you got drug into it, and you became a campaign manager. Yes. Man, so how was that experience? Man, it was an experience. It was an experience within itself, but it was such an eye opener, and the people that I met along the way. It was it was just an awesome experience. Okay. Now, what kind of people did you meet along the way? Like, we talking about more like uh, people in the political field, business people, what? I met a little bit of everybody. I met a lot of people in power. I, I met a lot of judges, a lot of the lawyers, a lot of business uh, executives, um, even people that's not local. 
uh, that came to support him that will have other positions in other states. So that was a good experience. So I can go anywhere and some and know somebody in power. Like I, I can get a ticket call. Mm. I should have probably said that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> now, uh, what other campaigns have you worked on? I've worked with uh, Quintilis Lawrence. I work with Christopher Dysaw. Um, I like to work with people who are going to be judges because my degree is in criminal justice, so uh, I like to stay in my field. Now you got a master's in that, right? Yeah, I have a master's. I, I, I read that correctly. Mm-hmm. You, you, got, you see how she kind of just said that, like, real nonchalant, like, like everybody can everybody can get a master's in criminal justice, but you got a master's, right? Yeah. And when did you get that? I received my master's in 18, in 2018 from Southern University. Oh, you ain't going to do the the Southern University. I was going to do it, but I decided not to. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll put it out there for you then. Good, good, good. You know, Graham graduate over here, though. Oh, Lord. Don't roll your eyes. You, you know. Oh, Lord. You know what, it, you know what it's hitting for. <laughs> so, tell me about the experience on, on uh, it was the other campaigns, once you got to them, because you would kind of cut your teeth with the with the Hamer campaign. So, was the did you find the experience a bit different or you know now that you had kind of gained more experience from the first one like did you what what tools did you bring from that first experience to these others um the other campaigns were definitely easier because Hamer was my first one it was like a learn learning experience and trial and error so I was able to see what really really worked for us and what didn't work for us so I was able to bring that to the other campaigns so um one thing that we didn't do too well with in the first campaign was making sure that we canvassed. So I was heading and spearheading, making sure that people got out to canvass and phone banking. That was like, that's colossal in campaigns. So that's what I brought to the other campaigns. Okay. Okay. Now, you're also a business owner as well. You have the writer's block, correct? Correct. Now tell tell me about the writer's block. Like, what's the what what's what's the background with that? Like, if I'm just reading your 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 profile and it says owner of the writer's block, what is the writer's block? Well, the writer's block is an academic and professional ghostwriting company. So what we do is we assist college students with papers, courses, anything that they may need to succeed. And uh, professionally, we do business plans, marketing plans. Uh, we basically are like the ghost in every in a business or in your schoolwork. Mm, so you're the spirit of the bodies. The spirit of the bodies. Oh, imagine yep. that. That's us. Oh, okay, okay. Now, when did you launch the writer's block? Uh, we launched in 18. So I graduated in 18, and I opened my business in 18. Okay. So, 18 was a good year. I see, I see. Is, is, is 21 still a good year, too? I mean, 21 has been a year after 2020. That's, <laughs> you know? That's it. It's just, it's, it's, it's the year after 2020. It's the year after 2020, so we're all shaking back from 2020. Yeah, I think we're all kind of fatigued from 2020. 2020 seemed like it lasts like a decade. Oh, yes. I feel like we're still in 2020 sometimes. Yeah, I think um, we're in things- 2020 the sequel. Yeah, you know. 2028. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, you know what this the the calendar just extended. We still in 2020. It's, right. it's really March. Sheesh, sheesh. It's like yeah. a new month of the same year. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Now, um, kind of sticking with politics because that's that's where I first uh, kind of got to know you. Um, 
since we've been off the last episode of the podcast, I think uh, of this podcast was like uh, December. So there have been a lot of things that have happened in the political war- world since then. Um, you know, they had the presidential election. Mm-hmm. There was a winner that was finally declared. Yes. Uh, there was an insurrection. I say that like, you know, they got an insurrection, you know, uh, What's what's your take on the national scene? I, I I I'm a fan of local politics as well, but I want to kind of just take your get your take on like the national scene as far as um, the two party system that we're in. I mean, there are other political parties out there, mm-hmm. but you know we know it's a dominating two party system. What's your, what's your take on the pulse of the national scene right now? Well, I think we were kind of bamboozled by Biden. Hmm. Why you say that? Because a lot of things that we were promised, uh, I know that he just got into office and he hasn't really, you know, been able to enact a few things. But, like, I looked at the gas prices the other day, mm-hmm. and they are extremely high. Now, is that national or just the prices around here? No, that's national. Okay. National. Uh, I feel like we were bamboozled by Biden because... I just don't think that he's going to do everything that he promised. I do love the fact that we have Kamala Harris in office, but I just hope that they do more than what we're seeing right now. Well, and I mean, my my, my take with politics in general is this. No politician delivers on every promise right. that, that they make or every, every campaign promise that they make. They may come close. They may... It may be some variation of it, but you know it's you're not gonna get everything that you want. Um, hell, look at Trump ran on building a wall for you know two years when wall he was running. Wall never made it. Wall never got picked up. You know he said that 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 they would um, get a new health care plan. You know within the first hundred days, and day one on one he was like, "Who knew health care was this was this hard?" Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of things he didn't deliver on. I think the most substantial thing that Trump left behind from his administration was um, the the court system. He appointed more judges to the lower and federal courts than probably any president. And I think that that's something that we're not going to see the full effects of you know, immediately. But we do know that um, with that, you know, when you appoint, uh, you know, federal judges and everything, they're basically there for the rest of their life. And that's right. not just Supreme Court. But when you do that and it's a certain caliber of people, you know, they, these are people who had zero experience being a judge and they've been appointed to these lower courts. Um, I think we're going to see the effects of that for the next 20 or 30 years with certain cases. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of things to be said about that in the future. Um, with the Biden thing, I think a lot of people would just really just want to get rid of Trump. Well, yeah. I think we had all just been exhausted by that just every day. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. That reality show should have been canceled. <laughs> like I, I got so tired of hearing about his tweets every day. I got tired of hearing about you know what he said and nah, he's who so he's beefing quiet. with, and I, I it, it's exhausting. 
So I think a lot of people were just really trying to get rid of him. Um, let me let me ask you this then, bringing it back to even before the presidential election, we had the primaries. Who was your pick for that before the Democratic or, or did you support even a Democratic nominee? Nah, Who? I wasn't really. Uh, I wasn't really into it. Okay. When Kamala was in it, that's who I was. That's who you were kind of. That's who I was hoping for. She's a woman, a black woman. Okay. Graduated from HBCU. All right. So, okay, you know, say that then. So when she was out, I was like, okay, to hell with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with it. I mean, hey, you got to be honest about it. Uh, you know, I I I kept up with it um, a lot. Um, I think. In the beginning, I didn't think they had a strong field of contenders, mm -hmm. in my opinion. For not that they weren't qualified, not that they wouldn't make um, good picks if this were any other normal time. But the time that we were in then, I feel like no one couldn't, we, we couldn't afford to not be pragmatic with a pick. And to be honest with you, Biden was probably the most pragmatic pick anybody could have made. That was the safest pick you could have made. And if the goal was just to defeat him at the time, then hey, ride with it. Right. That that was that was my opinion on the whole thing. You know, is he the best pick? Probably not. But we know for the times we were in, who who could you see going up there beating the guy that was that was there? If we if we looked at the the the, the candidates that we had in the primary. A lot of them, I couldn't have seen them going up one-on-one -on -one with him because of the energy that he was bringing from the other side. So that's why you needed kind of like that new of the road pragmatic pick, in my opinion. Yeah, you make a strong point. You make a strong point. Yeah, you know, but, uh, I would just look at, okay, hey, are we trying to win or are we trying to prove a point? Because even if you look at um, the campaigns like with... Um, I don't know if you followed the one with um, was it South Carolina with Lindsey Graham and Jamie Harris. Jamie Harrison? I think that's no. his name. You might not have followed, but like he was, you know, they were really trying to push him. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be honest with you, you got to be pragmatic with that. You in South Carolina going against Lindsey Graham, who's been in there for like 20 years. Just pick a Southern charismatic white guy and get it over with so you can win. And then once you get him in there, redistrict them, them them lines draw draw up the redistricting and that way you give a qualified black candidate a better chance at winning but it's about playing chess with this it's about hey we're gonna do this move because the end result is we want this mm -hmm. but we know we don't have what we need on the ground you gotta change the landscape first once you change the landscape then you can put in the ideal candidate i feel but we can't, you know, we can't have that uh, that residual effect from former President Obama, because that was, I'm gonna be honest with him, that was kind of an anomaly. That's my opinion too. How do you feel about that? I feel the same way. You got a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, with 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 things like you that, almost I mean, sound like a politician. Me? No. Yeah. I'm not. That no. I am comfortable being 
in the position that I'm in, okay. which is behind the scenes. Yep, that's what I said too. Oh, that's and, and then, then somebody drug you forward, then huh? I, yeah, then I got pulled, pulled I, on up. All right, well, I ain't going to get drugged forward then. <laughs> I got to see, I know how to bother weed. Oh, okay. And you were behind the scenes too, so you can't really, don't, don't put that on me. You were behind the scenes. They just drug you behind. They ain't drag you in front. They drugged me a little bit, but it was a good, it was a nice drag. It wasn't like I was drugged through the mud or anything. No, so. okay. Do, now, do you have any political aspirations? <laughs> Um, I thought about it. Mm, yeah. I thought about it. But then I realized the type of person that I am. And Which I, is? I'm a real, like, in-your-face type of person, so I just decided that I'm going to just lead from the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So no political aspirations at the moment. At the moment. But you ain't ruling it out. I'm ruling it out. I ruled it out already. No, you said at the moment. Which is just this moment. No. So I thought about it uh-huh. at one point. Mm-hmm. And it was just a thought. So just just never that you don't see that at all for yourself. No. I don't know, man. You got kind of the brain for it. I know, but I don't have the, the patience for it. I mean, you know, you might develop that over time. Mm. Am, am I trying to drag you there too? You're trying. No, I, I, I You're pushing it. No, it's listen. It's women's month. I you can't. Gonna, be, you gonna be my campaign manager if I ever if I ever run. You know what? I I will be up for the task then. If you I'm get so so now see you ain't got no excuse not to run now for something. Look what I are just you did. are you searching for something right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving kind of back to like local politics too. So right around the presidential time, um, we had a mayor's race. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like a lot of candidates at first, and then you know it got down to the two. Um, tell me about because um, you you were kind of around in 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 the mix of that as well too. Tell me a little bit about um, what you thought about the uh, the field when it was like a lot of candidates, and then when it got down to two. Okay, so in that race, initially I was rolling with uh, C. Denise Marcel because I just love her spirit and who she is and what she represents. She right. represents rawness. She is raw. If if anyone has ever met Representative Marcel, she is raw. She 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 will tell you exactly what's on her mind at yeah. the moment. So shout out to Representative Marcel. Shout out to her. Um, I think that was a good clean race. Uh, when it got down to uh, Mayor Broom and Steve Carter, may he rest in peace. Um, I just knew it was hands down going to go to Mayor Broom. Cause How'd you know that? I mean, just give me your opinion. I mean, they just the competition was stiff. Yeah. Well, I mean. Even even with looking at the debates at the time. Um, oh yeah, she wasn't playing in those debates. No, she she wasn't playing. All. I think she she definitely brought her A game with that. Um, and this is not to 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 besmirch the 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 recently passed uh, Steve Carter, but I watched the debates that he performed in, and he didn't have a good performance mm-hmm. at all either. So I mean, the contrast was just just yeah. evident. I mean. You know, Mayor Broom looked like the mayor. Right. Still. Like, I mean, she she, she's the mayor, but, like, she looked like, yeah, like, she commanded the, she the stage. 
she got me when uh, there was one debate, I want to say it was with LPB, and she was like, because I am the CEO of this parish, and as a business owner and the CEO of my business, my little my little baby, her being a CEO of the parish, that speaks like a, a big gap. It does. It does. And it, he didn't do himself any favors by trying to compare the litter problem in Baton Rouge with that of Disney World. Right. He said that in the debate. He said, well, you know, we got to be more like Disney World. They, Disney World is a theme park, sir. Right. It's not a city. So that performance, yeah, I, I, again, not to besmirch, uh, you know, the recently passed Steve Carter, but, you know, this is just an assessment on his debate performance. And mm-hmm. it was poor. And she didn't help by bringing complete A-game to it as well, too. So, I mean, it really made a contrast with that. Right. Um. Keeping kind with local politics, too. I mean, we got uh, a, a, a national star night now in the White House because um, Representative Cedric Richmond went on to work in the Biden administration. So that opened up a seat mm. here in Louisiana with the 2nd Congressional District. We got candidates going in and there. What do you think about that? That that race is still going on, by the way. By the time this comes out, the race is still, you know, they still won't have a winner. So this is still relevant. But what do you think about that race so far? I think that race is uh, pretty. It's pretty different. I feel like they're all aiming at each other. I think KCP Karen Carter Peterson. I think she's running a, a really good race, and uh, Char Carter, he's doing a phenomenal job too. Uh, locally, Mr. Chambers, he's raising a lot of money, so that may help him out, but. Um, my my pick is with KCP and Troy Carter. So just one of them will be fine. Now, are you can you vote for them? Because I mean, I know the district. We're in Baton Rouge, and we're not a large part of that district. I'm I can't vote because that's not I'm not in yes, that district. Yes, I will be casting my vote. Oh, okay, all yes, right. For someone who graduated from an HBCU and is a female, so. Oh, man. Okay. Let me see. How can we figure that you out? You know who that is. Man, that I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people running. We got to try to figure it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that. Now, um, and, and you know, I'm coming off of pro- actually producing um, one of the debates that, that they just had for the Congressional District. Mm-hmm. So, I was able to kind of see their performance up close and personal as well, too. Um, for the most part, I think... Um, it was it was pretty balanced as far as the distribution between the the questions. When we were putting it together, one of the things that I wanted to make sure of is that um, we put questions out there that press the candidates to see if they actually know the uh, the ins and outs of what they're actually running for. Mm-hmm. Especially since how uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. Did you hear about the senator, the newly elected senator who didn't know the three branches of government? I can't no. call his name now. I can't never remember that guy's name. But, yeah, he didn't know the three branches of government. And he's, wow. a, he's a United States senator right now. So one of the sections that we had on there was basic civics, mm-hmm. where we, you know, we just asked basic questions where if you're trying to run for Congress, these are things you should know. Now, I was surprised. Um, two of the candidates didn't didn't fare well with the, with the basic civics question. Uh, and that was Classton Bernard. He kind of got stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Chambers didn't fare too well with the basic civics questions, too. 
That brings me to my point with this. Um, do you think when it comes to politics, we're too engulfed with popularity and not qualifications? Oh, definitely. Popularity will win a race before a qualified candidate any day. Well, I mean, that's kind of how Trump got in the White House, right? Yeah. And that's how a lot of these local elections work. Like, if you're a part of the the in crowd, mm-hmm. you don't really have to do too much because the in crowd's name alone is going to help you win. Right. So, yeah, popularity. I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day, and I actually put uh, Gary in the same basket with Trump. Mm. But the reason being is because I said this is someone who was wildly popular but doesn't exhibit the qualifications to actually be an elected official. And once I explained it, my friend was like, you know what, you're right. And these are things that, you know, I just, I bring up every once in a while because I think these are important issues that if someone is aspiring to be on a certain level or do a certain thing, I think that we should vet them properly. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see Judas and the Black Messiah yet? No. You ain't seen that movie yet? No. I don't really watch TV. I'm not a TV watcher. That's right. You're a writer. I'm a writer. What if, okay, well, let let me, let me, I brought that up because if you know the story of that with uh, William O'Neill, he was uh, a paid informant to infiltrate the Black Panther Party. Mm. And I bring that up for a reason because we just finished talking about, you know, people not being qualified or not exhibiting certain qualifications and I bring it up because I feel like they're one and the same if we don't vet certain people then they harm the larger community in a sense William O'Neill wasn't clearly wasn't properly vetted you know and he infiltrated and he you know fed information to the FBI and counterintelligence programs and you know ended up, you know, being one of the contributing factors to Fred Hampton being murdered. You see what I'm saying? These are things that I feel like our community have not done in, you know, historically. You know, if if you if you know the history of Malcolm X, you know, one of his people who were working security for him was actually an undercover officer. Nobody knew that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like because I, I, I get messages from people, especially, you know, like on social media when when I'm raising certain issues about people, you know, and their qualification. I, Why are you hating? I'm like, I'm, no, it's not. It's not hate. It's vetting, mm-hmm. because I feel like if you can't answer certain things, if you can't answer for certain things, then that's a problem. But we got to be able to ask these questions of our of people who are aspiring to be leaders, whether it be elected officials, activists, whatever. I feel like they should be pressed on certain things so we know exactly who we're dealing with. If you like, for example, if you and I go into business together, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say we start. We start a car dealership, right? Mm hmm. And we combine our, our, our resources to buy building and cars and everything, right? But you never check to see that I'm a drug dealer. So then what happens if I get arrested for dealing drugs, being an illicit drug dealer? What happens to you? I go down with you. Exactly. Now, 
now it's up to you to prove that you were completely unaware that you were in business with a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do business with someone, you have to do due diligence on them. You have to know exactly where their funds come from. You have to know exactly, you know, who they're dealing with. Otherwise, you can be, uh, uh, you, you end up being a co-defendant. Right. Checks and balances. Exactly. So is that any different than us pressing people who aspire to be activists and leaders and elected officials in our community? No. The, should, shouldn't we do our due diligence, our due diligence on them? We should. Okay. So, in your opinion, I'm not a hater, right? You're not a hater. Boom! See? You're That's- simply a informed person who wants valid answers that you should have the answers to. I'm glad that you see that point. I'll be trying to tell people I, I'm not a hater. I just, I just want answers. You just want answers. Put that on the show. <laughs> you know, people, are, people like selling shirts. See, that, see, that's that marketing brain coming out. I see you. Put it on the shirt. Now, tell me what what do you have going on now with, with the writer's block and, and, and you know, just your overall business? Because like I said, I mean, not only do you have the writer's block, but I know you're heavy into, into uh, working on campaigns as well, too. But I mean, there's not a lot of campaigns going on now. What do you have going on now? So this is top secret. Oh, so I get an exclusive? Wait, hold on, hold on. Exclusive. Put the music on. on. Mm. Ah, All right, let me wet the whistle here. Okay. Okay, so I'm currently working on a program that reduces recidivism for the offenders. So basically, once they are released from prison, they get to... uh, if they need education services, if they need life skills, if they need family skills, if they need mental health uh, situations, we, we're going to assist with that. Okay. So that's my new little baby that I'm getting ready to drop. Now, what made you get? What made you want to get in that? Uh, well, my like I said, my degree is in criminal justice, and I, I've always wanted to help with recidivism, mm-hmm. well, to reduce recidivism. And now, explain that to people who may not know. What, what recidivism exactly. is. Exactly. So recidivism is when uh, the chances of a offender reoffending. So basically, if you uh, if you take an offender out of a situation, you don't give him any anything to rehabilitate himself. It's a likely chance that he's gonna offend again because he doesn't know any better. So if you give them the proper tools, then it's a chance that they may, you know adjust to society and become an abiding citizen. Like give me an example like the proper tools. Uh they need work, especially if they are uh convicted felons. So most convicted felons can't get a job, so they're going to need tools to help them start a business so that they can get money cuz they don't need to be out here slinging iron or selling drugs. Exactly. Like so, I like I brought up. You don't need to sell drugs and then Partner with somebody who don't know you sell drugs. Right. Let everybody go down. Yeah, we go all ahead, going go down. I, I I interjected on that point. And so uh, also education, education may prohibit some of the offenders from moving forward in life. So getting them hooked up with a GED, or if they have their GED, if they want to go to college, the writer's block can help them with that. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the new baby now. How? What 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 are you looking for? Are you looking for any you know any kind of organizations to partner with anything like that? Or how does uh, that work? Well, the local organizations they're kind of 
stuck in their ways, kind of, sort of. So right now, I'm doing it all myself. I'm looking for uh, offenders who recently got out of prison who need help, any kind of help. I have a, a guy who was released from the feds, and he's writing a book. He's got his credit score up. Uh he didn't go. He didn't want to do school, but he's opened a cleaning service. So we've started doing things like that already with the inmates. I'm sorry, they're not inmates anymore. They've been released. Right. So. Former inmates. Former inmates. Re rehabilitated people of our of our community. Yes. Okay. Yes, making success stories. Okay. 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 Man, well, that sounds very interesting. Um, I'm intrigued and. You know, I'll even say it right here. You know, if there's anything I can do to help, please don't hesitate. Let me know. I sure will. You said I like, sure will. Oh, okay. I have some things up my sleeve that I may need you for. Oh, okay. Well, you know, hey, I ain't got no, well, I got short sleeves on, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for the cause. Okay. So, this, this, this has been interesting, man, especially talking to someone who, who's a layered individual who not only is you know, a business owner, but close in politics, you know, and what you're doing now, the top secret exclusive that we just got. Yes. It could be, it could be considered activism. So you're a very layered individual. Don't reach, not activism. That, that, that's, that's kind of activism, don't you think? No, I don't think, I, I wouldn't take it that far. You don't think so? No. Helping people reconnect in society and and making sure that they don't become repeat offenders, that, that, that's a strong, strong thing for the community, which could be considered activism. Just saying. Okay. You know, we just, you know. Uh, look, if we got to put labels on people, let's put positive labels on. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, I like that positive label. Okay. Now, the other label that you wear very proudly is you are a mommy. Yes, I'm a mommy of three. Three? Kids now, who now, 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 what you got? You got boys, girls, what I have boys and girls 10, 6, and 3. My okay. girls are the youngest. Oh, so you got two girls, one boy, two girls, one boy. Man, how does how does he feel, man, being in a house full of women? He hates it. <laughs> now, how old is he? He's 10. He's oh man, he's 10. And he, yeah, so Number he stays women. in his room and plays the game. So we <laughs> we let him have his moment. Okay, okay. Now, yeah. how do you balance? Being the mommy, business owner, um, we gonna we gonna say activist too. You know, you know, okay. We gonna say that too. Okay. How how do you balance all of these these hats that you have to wear? Sometimes a hat gets dropped, but I be sure not to let it hit the floor. Oh, you got quick hands. Quick hands. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My main my main goal is to make sure that everything is is flowing. Everything doesn't have to be perfect at the time. It just has to flow. And as long as it's flowing, I have room to fix it if it's messing up. Interesting. Yep. A lot of layers to you. A lot. Well, I appreciate you pulling up to the table. Thanks for having me at the table, the first table. This the, of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, the first the first the first table of the year, man. I appreciate you coming up. Um, give everybody information that they can look you up, like website, anything real quick. Cause I, I said, you know, we got the top secret exclusive thing today, well, but you website, know, we want to make sure that that's undergirded with support. Okay. My website isn't, uh, up and running just yet, but you can follow me on Instagram at the right lady. 
And you can follow me on Facebook at Ashley Kiera. Alright, well there you have it. Ashley Kiera Rankins. Oh, the whole name. The whole full government name. Uh, full government social security right there. Good thing I ain't into no dabbling. I, I'm, I'm glad too. We Okay. So, <laughs> uh, thank you for pulling up. Appreciate you. No problem. Just remember, you either at the table or you're on the menu. We'll be back next time. Boop.